morning, happy Friday, 9.16 in the morning. So I wanna uh, also say happy uh, Independence Day for the people of Nigeria, 60 years. Although now I think that, yes, there will be celebration and all that, but let's be honest here. That country, I'm sorry, that, that area in that continent of Africa, it still needs to be improved. I mean, yes, there are certain parts that are nice from what I was told, but then I read about things that are going on that's just not pleasant, or videos that they show of the violence. There's still high crime, illness, poverty, um, famine, lack of education. I mean, we all need to tackle all that stuff. Yes, you can have a celebration for one day, but let's be honest here. They've come a long way. I think I've done the history of of, of Nigeria. Well, so I guess certain areas that are not as good as others. Um, a lot of businesses are trying to pop up down there, which is fine. But then you think to yourself, well, it could be improved. Everybody always has the assumption that one particular class of people is not good. And you shouldn't make an assumption like that. I know a lot of my dear LinkedIn contacts that are from that area. And so far, they're fine to me. But everybody has to put labels on people. Stop doing that. They do that here in America, too. They just label people. Why do you do that? What People are people. Okay, people are people. But when you start labeling or you start putting down a race or a group or a nationality, or what, it's after a while, it's like, can't we just get along with each other? Why can't we just get along? Why is that so difficult? You know, when I was growing up, I believed that the world could get along with everybody. And you accept everybody, no matter where they came from, no matter their background, their religion, their nationality. I don't understand why we can't do it now. I remember when I, was, when I was going into elementary school, I had friends from all over the globe. And there was one friend in particular in my junior high years in the seventh grade. His name was Hassan, and he was from Africa. I don't know what part of Africa he was from, but he would have the traditional dress that he would wear to school, and I liked that. And I got to learn more about him. I got to learn about his background, how he grew up, his, his culture, everything. And I loved it, and we were really good friends. And then he moved away, but then I, I, I never forgot him. And it taught me that, you know, it doesn't matter what the color of your skin is or where you come from, we can all get along. And what's good right now is how people can inter, inter, uh, have the interracial marriages, which is now popular now, where the two families from one, from one group meet with another. I really like that. I think that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful thing. I think that that should have been done years ago. But back then it was considered taboo to cross over. Come on, are you kidding me? Where I live, it's all diversified. Everywhere you go, there's different groups of people, different groups, meaning religions and nationalities and colors and races. We're all together as one, and that's how it should be. But then you have people that you live next door to that think otherwise, and you're like, oh my God, you know? My mother accepted everybody. I mean, she was the type of woman, you'd see her out in the garden, and people would walk by and they would have conversation with her. Now, the people that you know versus the people that you don't know. But you get to know people. You get to know them. I always like to think that if I walk down the block, hi, how are you? Oh, I live down here, right across from the daycare center. 
How long have you been here? You just moved? You know, you have make conversation. That's how you get to know people. And then that's how you get to know what they're all about. Because everybody has a story to tell. Now, I could tell you things about how I grew up in a Greek household. And all the kids in school, and I remember people at work, were fascinated, but at the same time, they, they frowned upon certain things that we did. And I'm like, well, provide an example. Well, all of you eat weird seafood. I'm like, octopus and squid? That's, that's a Mediterranean, European thing. I'm sure that people from the same background as me eat that. There is nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> but a lot of the, the co-workers would frown on that. Ew, you eat octopus and squid? Yes, and I love it too. You should try it sometime. See, with me, I want to try other cultures, other types of foods. I don't want to be relegated to just my own. When my mother and father, when, when, they, when they came here into America, I asked my mother, she did make some Greek dishes, but she also did American dishes because you figure, well, if you're here in America, you're gonna have, we had the best of both worlds which I liked. You never forget where you come from. You never forget your heritage. You'd be proud of who you are. In this day and age, people are ashamed. Some people will say, well, I came from a poor background. So what? I came from a background that was poor. And look at me now. I'm still struggling and I'm living well below my means. And I'm trying to conserve money, which is sometimes not easy in this day and age, because you think, well, everybody's got bills, and everybody, yeah, everybody has all of that, but you know what? Let's not stress over that. Let's think about the finer things in life. Think about the present and the future. Now, see, I'm thinking of my husband. When he comes here, it will be so magical. We will get to be together. We will join our lives together. We will have that happiness. And who cares what other people think? I don't. I'd be, and I told him, I'd be proud to walk down the street with you. My family will now know I will be well taken care of. Right now, they're worried that I can't. Well, if I couldn't take care of myself, would I be living here? This house alone is too much for me. You know, it's hard when you have, when both your parents are gone at different times. Like my father died in the 20th century. My mother died in the 21st century. My father passed away when I was 21. My mother passed away when I was 46. And I always thought she would live a lot longer than her 88 years. I thought she would get well past into her 90s if she hadn't broken her hip and had these other hosts of uh, illnesses. Then yeah, she would be here alive and well. So she um, she did live to the ripe old age of 88, but she never got a chance to see. And I think she wanted me to be happy. Her one, her one wish before she passed was that I settle down with someone, that I find that happiness, that I get married, and that I have a husband. And we live happily ever after. And I said, Mom, you don't have to worry because I'm already talking with someone and I'm texting them and we, 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 we've been talking with each other since May of this year, we connected. And uh, he's a very good man, very religious, very caring, very, you know, very nice, a good guy, a hard worker. He's a man of many talents. That really makes me happy. But he's a real person. See, I don't, again, I don't see the celebrity. Yes, I watch his movies. Yes, I, and I'll admit that to you. And yes, I do want to work with him in doing uh, 
something like that. But at the same time, I'm thinking, it's not all about that. Entrepreneur, producer, director, those are the titles that appeal to me. Entrepreneur, now there's so many different definitions of an entrepreneur. And then there are people that start their own businesses. Look at the people in the pandemic years that start their own businesses. And they've succeeded when all the other businesses around us were failing. Now, the only business that actually stood strong is logistics supply chain. That's my background is logistics. Trying to get into a company though is hard because of all the competition. I actually spoke with an agent. There was some hope on the horizon, but yet I still have yet to see anything come from it. You know, I like to think that, um, you know, something good will come from it and uh, I'll have a chance to work again and stand on my own two feet. I don't want to rely on family anymore. I feel like a burden. I feel like a burden to my family, but my older sister's like, you're not a burden. We'll help you out as much as we can. You know, the thing that really bothers me is in this day and age, when you get to be a certain age, people have to look down on you. I don't know, maybe it's just me. I don't know, maybe, I don't know. Uh, see what it is, I don't judge people by what they look like. I don't judge people about where they come from. I don't judge people of their age because again, age is a number and it doesn't mean any. If you look at me, you wouldn't think I was, quote, in my early 50s. A lot of people think, oh, you could be in your 40s. Yes, I could be. And you know what age I really want to be at, but now I can't go back in time? 35, 36. Why do you say those two ages? Because those two ages were robbed of me when I was battling cancer. I don't remember being 35 or 36. It took a full year for me to recover from my illness. And even then, I just wish I could get it back. I missed out on a lot from those two ages. Now you say to yourself, but you're lucky to be alive. God gave you a second chance. And I'm going to make full use of that. God gave me a second chance. God gave me a chance to complete and help and give back, and that's what I want to do. As far as compensation is concerned, I could live with less. I could live with less. Now my husband disagrees with me. He goes, no, you deserve more. Yes and no. Yes, you could say I deserve something because I'm helping him out because I want him here. The sooner the better because I think our lives can start. I said, I want to show you my world. This is my world right here. And where you're at, yes, you don't like where you're at. But you know what? Not many people like where they're at in their lives. They just make the best of it. And right now, it's, it's, I just feel like I need them here. Because again, being alone, especially what happened a couple of days ago, did not sit well with me. Let me tell you something. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. Because I really don't want to reveal too much. I still have dreams about it. Not even a dream, more like a nightmare. It's more of a, you walk into an area thinking you're gonna do business with someone. And there's no one in the store but you and this person, right? No one, there's not even a camera around. So I went to do something and the back of my hair just stood up. I knew that there was something wrong because I'm like, where is everybody? This was a store. And it was right around lunchtime. 
And then you figure, well, people that go out for lunch, there's always somebody managing the store when there's others. But I didn't think of that. And I think, well, I'm going to do my business. I'm going to get, get what I have to get and leave, right? Well, this person had other intentions. Very slimy, too. This was an older man, Middle Eastern descent. Now, I don't want to pick on people from Middle East, but some of them have that tendency that when they look at a young woman walking in by herself with no one around her, not even a man next to her, that's when they think, well, I can take advantage of her. Can you? I don't think you can. The thing that really bothers me is just, I just want to know why men think that it's okay to look at a woman that way and think that they can take advantage of them. But sometimes I think, well, my mother always said when you walk outside the door, look around you. Make sure that there's nobody following you. Keep your eyes peeled and open because you just don't know what the intentions of people are. You don't know. Can you really trust someone? I always say if you have somebody in your life, like a friend that you've known for a long time, but all of a sudden they turn on you, then you got to be careful because it happens. You know, I've had people take advantage of me over the years. Did I let them? Maybe I let my guard down a little too soon. But see, God was with me that day. He says, you got to get out of there. There's something that's not right. And I listened. I got out of there. But I was shaken up. This guy touched me. Don't touch me. And he had this look on his face, like almost like a villain out of a movie, like a maniacal like laugh. Like, ha-ha, you can't get away from me. Watch me. And I thought to myself, wow, in this day and age, why do men do that to women? Why do men do that? Why do men think they could take advantage of women? I think that's disgusting and deplorable. Now, if I had a man with me, that wouldn't have happened. Why? Because when you have a man with you, you feel a sense of protection. Not saying that, you know, you at some point in your life, you have to feel protection. You have to know your surroundings. You have to watch carefully. My mother always said that to me. Anywhere you go, even when you're driving, because you just don't know. You don't know, right? I used to carry, after I got attacked, When I and I'm going to talk about this in more detail in my next podcast, because I want people to realize you're not the only one, and you didn't do anything wrong. Women shouldn't blame themselves for men's slimy actions. It's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. You didn't say anything wrong. You didn't look at them a certain way. But when they make you feel uncomfortable, you have every right to defend yourself. Every right to defend yourself. Whether or not, you know, if and it's always your word against theirs because again there were no cameras in this place you would think that there would be a camera okay but i got out of there as much as i could and i stopped myself i was ready to do something really bad but then i thought to myself well no i'm not gonna do it but anyway um so just a word to the wise, just keep your guard up. Watch your surroundings. Don't be so lackadaisical, oh, nothing bad's gonna happen. Even if you're in a crowd, because again, there's always somebody watching, somebody lurking. Some lady on the, I just heard on the news, some lady in a park, in one of the, I don't know which park it was, got attacked. 
Now you think in a park, there are people all around you and you feel safe, but sometimes, depending on where in the park she was at, she might have been sitting alone at a bench somewhere and this guy grabbed her and tried to assault her. See, you're not safe anywhere. Get that measure of protection. That's what you need to do is have a measure of protection. But anyway, um, like I said, it, after having that experience, it shook me up. And even when I was in the car, I had to pull over. My hands were literally shaking on the steering wheel. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Everything just kind of came at once. And you, you like to think that you are protected because again, in this day and age, you need some form of protection, some form of protection. And I like to think, yeah. But anyway, um, I'm just like, wow. Anyway, I think I'm losing my voice here because the weather's changing, which is good. It's getting cooler now. We're in the middle. Happy October. I forgot about the happy new month. Happy October. It's already October. Do you believe that? Years going by so quick. The months are going by so quick. Before you know, we'll get into the next. Hopefully next year will be better than this year. I mean, everything just happens for a reason, but we have to think positive. We have to stay positive. We have to be true to ourselves. Just just be yourself, you know, don't put on airs, don't, don't try to be somebody that you're not, you know, in the end, it's not worth it, I've seen people on social media try to outperform one another, they try to do things to just kind of like, I don't know, hey, look, hey, look at me, look what I can do, I do want a measure of success in my life, I do want a measure of happiness, I do want a measure of be known for my legacy, what I left behind, but I want that legacy to continue after I'm gone. Um, I think it's important that people should give. I mean, giving, that's a beautiful, beautiful human trait to have, is giving. Not, not, re- not See, for me, receiving is hard, I, and I don't know why. But I can tell you one thing, though, the guys that I was with, the last relationships, their idea of giving me something was a joke, which hurt my feelings, because I was more of a giver, not a receiver, and then when I received things from them, it did not come from their heart, they thought it was something funny, I'm like, wow, but the one thing I want to just say is this, I care about people, I've always cared about people. I like giving back. I think giving back is very important. I'm sorry to say it. You know, a lot of people think that, well, maybe you're too giving. There's no such thing as too giving. You give your time, your energy, your love. That's what a giver is. Someone who's a compassionate, humble person. That my middle name is humble. Humble. I understand the struggles that other people have gone through. You know, and again, I would love to do a story where I could sit down with someone and say, hey, look, you're a success now, but how did you start? Where did you come from? 
give me your backstory. Give me how you grew up, your childhood, the the person that you are today. I like learning about that because to me, then you look at the sense of this person and think, well, they struggled before they became famous or they, before they became where they're at, where what they're doing now. They would have had to struggle because not many people have that quote. Well, some people that I know are, well, I'm born into wealth and I had everything so easy for me and it was given to me on a silver platter. Not many people have that. Not many people have that. I'm sorry to say it. If you tell me, if you tell me right now, I didn't have to struggle. Everything was given to me. Well, I'm sorry to say it. Then that's not a struggle. You cheated. You cheated your way into life to make it up there. So you, you didn't struggle. You had everything handed to you. I don't, I'm sorry. I just don't, I don't agree with that. I think that you would have to have struggled to, to where you are now. If you think about, let's go back. If you think about famous people, if you read some of their autobiographies, some of them will say, hey, look, this is how I started out. We were poor. We lived in a shack, no running water. We had to make ends meet. My mother had two jobs. My father had this many jobs. Uh, uh, you know, you think about their childhood. Then when they got to be teenager, they took any job. They were ordinary people and they're still ordinary people. Whether or not you're in quote, in the celebrity world, you're still an ordinary person making a living. But the difference is you're on television and you're well known and people know you and you're famous. What happens if the spotlight comes off of you? And it happens. There are some actors that have done it for so many years, have made tons of movies and became famous, and all of a sudden they dropped off the face of the earth. Now, some of them think that acting is hard. It is and it isn't. It depends on who you ask. If you love what you do, stick with it. If you don't love what you do, you have every right to change your mind and do something else. A lot of them say, well, what did you want to be before you became an actor? Some people say, oh, I want to become a fireman or a lawyer or, or whatever. It doesn't really matter. But now there's some that do drop off the face of the earth. Why? Because to them, you know, if you can't get movies and you're not as famous as you were when you started out, what's the point? You want to retire early or just want to get away from it altogether. Now, you can produce, you could direct, you can do most of anything behind the scenes. You could do that. But a lot of people think, well, why would I want to do that? Well, why not? You're still going to get recognition. You're just not going to be on the screen. So... It doesn't really matter what you do in life. And again, titles too. People have titles attached to their names. Why is that? Go on to LinkedIn. Look how many people have these titles attached to their names. They don't mean anything. Okay, you're still a person without a title. I mean, I choose not to, um, and I have a title on my name, but it's, it's it's nothing specific. It's what I used to do in an industry that I'm good at, that I have the knowledge for. The problem is, people in this day and age will respect you more if you have a title. Well, you know what? I disagree with that because titles don't make people. People make people. When you start putting title, wrap your name. I'm a CEO. I'm a president. I am this. I am this. I am this. Then the people who don't have that title feel like they're less of a human being. Don't do that. And don't try to be like, because I think always think with people with titles are snobbish. All they think about is themselves. That's all they think about. All they think about is themselves. Look at me. I run a big corporation or conglomerate. Big deal. I give back to millions of people. I help out a continent. What do you do? And if you tell me you donate, well, everybody donates. Everybody does concerts. Everybody does these GoFundMe pages. It's not enough. You have to physically go down to a continent to see what's going on. 
Because right now, you can say, I do all of this, because you can, but then there are other people like me who live well below their means but still is willing to give back. Again, I am willing to take everything that I own and sell it. Why? Because I don't want it. It doesn't have any value to me. It doesn't have meaning to me. Unless someone gave it to me, that's different. Right now, I just don't see value in any of the things that I have here. And anyway, all the things that I have in those boxes upstairs, I could easily take all of that, ship it, and send it to people down there. Say, hey, look, this is for me to you, and you don't owe me anything. Take it. It's a gift coming from my heart. It's a gift coming from my heart. In other words, I don't expect anything in return. I don't want anything in return. But I've heard people say, because you're such a giving woman, and because you help others, let us do something for you. Well, if you want to do something for me, have a feast. Give me a tiny little trophy or like a little medal. That's it. I don't want anything else. As far as money is concerned, if you gave me a check for this amount of money, well, guess what? That money will be taken back and will be given for education and poverty and shelter and illness and all of the stuff that's needed down there because there is a need for it. You know, yes, they might be celebrating for one day. Wonderful. But there's still stuff that's going on. There are people out there that can't have a normal life per se. If you look at some of the people that are climbing that corporate ladder and are showing off everything that they have, look at me. I have a million dollar mansion. I have servants doing my bidding. I have a chauffeur that takes me from point A to point B because you can't get into your own car yourself. God forbid, you know, I have all these bodyguards. It's great and it's wonderful, but at the same time, you want freedom. You want to be able to go and do where you want to, where you want to go, where you want to be without having somebody constantly watching you. And I get it. They need protection. But sometimes you think, I just want to go out someplace without having somebody hovering over me. Because again, it's wonderful to have all of that measure of security, especially when you have a growing family. You think, well, I got to protect my family. But how much protection? You go to another part of the world and you think, am I really safe here? Do I really want to make my life here? Do I really want my family to be exposed to all of this violence? No, I don't. We could be sheltered in a bomb shelter in a compound, have all of this protection, but you're still not going to feel completely protected. Anywhere you go in this world, you're always going to always look over your shoulder. Look over your shoulder. You don't know what's hiding. I remember many, 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 many years ago, but I was very young, when we went to Greece on vacation, Um, I remember, I don't know if I was with my sisters, I might have been. We were in the city of Athens and there was this man that was following us. And I'm like, okay. So everywhere we went, he would follow us. And I'm like, I don't think this is good. I think we should try to like flag somebody down. Everywhere we went, he would follow us. And I'm like, and I was little. So for me, it was like, you know, I didn't think anything of it. But for my sisters, because they were at that age, they were like, I believe they were teenagers at the time. Yeah, it made a big deal. And then we somehow lost him. I'm like, boy, you got shady people in the... And that's what I said. If you were rich, you wouldn't have that problem. Why? Because you got bodyguards all around you and you feel a measure of protection, but I still feel at the same time. I don't always want to have that protection. I want to be able to stand on my own two feet and protect myself. Again, sometimes living that life is wonderful. Other times it has disadvantages. When you have children, you have to think, I got to protect my kids. I want to make sure they get get to school safe, but I also want to make sure they get home safely. What happens in between something happens to get abducted or kidnapped? 
Now you can't always watch your kids 24 seven, but if you have guards all around, you can. It's just that, what kind of a life is that? If you, if you think to yourself, yeah, it's wonderful to have all of that. But at the same time, you think, I do want a measure of privacy. With our family, I want a measure of privacy. I don't always want to be, quote, guarded. And when you go into another part of the world, you got to worry about the violence. you got to think to yourself, I'm an outsider coming in, making a life over here. And I think to myself, but I don't want to be an outsider anymore. I fit into the mold. I always say, well, yeah, I want to go down there. Now, I had a conversation with someone from Instagram. He was asking too many personal questions. He says, because I said to him, he says, oh, I said to him, I might want to move down there, make it my, my new home. And he goes, you realize that it's dangerous down here. Every part of the world is dangerous. I mean, come on. Where I live, there are certain areas that are dangerous. So what's your point? He made me sound like I was a stupid American. You want to know something? I've done my research, okay? Yeah, there are some places that I would not go alone. And you're right. But then there are some places that are nice. If you're telling me that whole area is bad, then obviously you don't know what you're talking about. And this guy was trying to get information about who I was seeing. I said, I'm not going to reveal to you the man that I'm involved with. Because he's saying, does he have an Instagram page? If he does, it's none of your business, okay? Stop doing that. Again, I hate when people ask me, are you seeing someone? Well, if I am, that's my personal business. I am not going to reveal to you who he is. That will be down the line, okay? Why can't people respect privacy? That's another thing, privacy. Think about that. We have lack of privacy in anywhere we go in this world. We're being watched as we speak. Right now, I'm going to drink coffee. There could be a little a little tiny chip on this, on this television that could see what I'm doing and see what I'm saying. Same thing when you're driving. People are monitoring everything that you do. That's wrong. Why? We're not all criminals. We're ordinary people trying to make lives for ourselves, but I don't like being watched. I feel like all eyes are on me. It's just bad. I don't like that. Nowadays, people need to have some type of privacy in their lives, you know? You need it. You know, especially when you have, like, someone in your life, you want that, that privacy between the two of you. But when you've got people making assumptions and, and, and oh, so-and-so was with this person, it's like, stop already. Just stop, okay? Stop. Anyway, I'm sorry I'm going off the tangent over here. I just have so many different topics on my mind. But I do want to focus on one, and I think it's important for women to realize this because now it's becoming more and more frequent where women are getting attacked even out in open public places. you got to keep your guard up. You just don't know who's watching. There could be somebody lurking in the bushes. Even in a crowded place, you think, well, I'm safe. Not really. You don't know who's going to be the victim. Don't make yourself the victim. Take some type of, of uh, self-defense. You know, karate, judo, jujitsu, or or maybe carry a weapon. I like it. I used to carry a mace with me because I thought if somebody was going to attack me, I can get ready to just spray it in their face, give myself enough time to go away because that stings. You ever tried to pepper spray in somebody's eyes? That really, really stings. But anyway, so again. Do yourselves a favor and just watch yourselves wherever you go in life, whether you're going outdoors or, or wherever, even in your own home, you know. I mean, yes, you're safe. I mean, I lock all my doors and windows. I got that from my mother, especially at nighttime. I've also noticed, too, that people at night, 
certain areas saying, oh, well, I don't need to lock my doors. We have a measure of security. You know what? You can have alarms and you can have guard dogs. Somehow someone's going to come in and break, break into your private space. Then what? You need to be protected and you need to know how to protect yourself. And I was involved with this one guy who was just, let's just say he scared the hell out of me. God forbid if I say something wrong that we're walking on eggshells, he's just going to, and he did, he loses, he lost his temper and attacked me in my own home. So again, this was the last guy I was with. I said, never again. This is ridiculous now. And he had no right to do that, but he did. He thought he had the right. I said, no, you don't. You put me in the hospital. I'm going to recover from this knee. Now I'm recovering slowly, but I can't bend. But I'm doing it very, very slow. I could have done rehab or done, did something else, but I just thought, eh, why, why even bother? But anyway, so just watch yourselves, okay? I mean, again, sometimes living a good life is wonderful, but again, you got to always be kind of like guarded. I'm not saying I don't like having guards around me, but sometimes I feel there are times when you just want to spend time with your loved one and not think about, oh, I got to have all this protection on me. You want to be able to do things together, the two of you, not have, oh, the guards are watching. We got to be careful what we do. So anyway, um, I'm going to let you guys go because it's almost 10 o'clock. I need to eat something. I woke up this morning not really feeling well. Uh, and then last night, again, dreams and demons. That's another thing I want to talk about is demons and the power of prayer, okay? Because I think that if you if you really pray to God, God will kind of help you out. But also if you have someone in your life that's constantly praying for you, and it helps. It really does help. So I'm going to let you guys go. Say happy new month. Happy Friday. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay strong. God bless all of you. Take care. Thank you.